Hey, this is JJ. Just a brief note before we begin. Matt and I recorded this just before the sudden passing of our friend Jason Lawless. Um, I'll admit that I mostly knew Jason online only, but I did get the chance to hang out with him one night when the Scatolites band came through St. Louis a few years back. And it was like meeting an old friend. I really felt like I had found a uh, kindred spirit in him. And from the sound of it, uh, so did a lot of people that he met. Uh, Jason dying suddenly and so young is a tragedy. But I'm hoping that we can all take a tip from Lawless and how he lived. This was a dude who put his passions first, not just ska music, but animal rescue and Star Wars trooping. This was a man who worked hard to find shelter for animals even when he didn't have a shelter for himself. And shelter is what he offered me, what he offered all of us first-gen ska podcasters, a place where we could collect our efforts and make a stronger scene. And uh, to read all of the Facebook eulogies this week, uh, he was the absolute heart of his local scene and, and pretty far beyond. I want to encourage everyone to be a little more like Lawless. If you love ska music, go do something for the scene. If you want to dress up like Madness or Captain Spaulding or a Stormtrooper, go do it. Go adopt a doggy and name it Lawless. I really just want to dedicate this episode to the man and say thank you, Jason, for everything. Uh, now on to the episode. Welcome to Horn Pod, a ska podcast. I'm JJ Loy, and I am joined by the Kanye West of ska music. Matt Wixon, the Kanye West of ska music. <laughs> Where did that come from? Where, I, I've heard that uh, said. Who said that? Oh, I sounds like something I would say about myself, which makes me the Kanye West of ska music. I don't know. <laughs> I, I did change, like, you can put a nickname on Facebook. I did change my Facebook nickname to to Scanye West. Oh, is that what it was? All right. No, Scanye Wicks, like my last name. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of a big fan of Kanye, huh? I really am. I don't. I don't regret it. I don't feel ashamed of it. I think Kanye West, as a person, kind of kind of troubling, and his music this year, not that great. Uh, but he's a genius, and so much of his music is some of the best pop music uh, of my lifetime. Uh, it doesn't mean I enjoy everything, but I've enjoyed everything until this turn towards God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not following him down this road. But I, I give it a sh- I gave it a chance. Yeah, like I don't know. I kind of just have been feeling like maybe his mental illness has has been uh, kind of ruining the music. I don't know. 
I kind of gave up on him a while ago. Well, I don't. I think like it hit the life of Pablo, which was his was his 2016 album. I think is like definitely a mental illness record, and everything since that has been like very much like product of his mania because he's bipolar and uh, who knows i don't whatever i hope he comes back (laughs) yeah that's how i am about a lot of artists is like oh man i I loved him at one point maybe they can maybe they can come back who would you who, who would you say that about like weezer i would love i would love it if if weezer won me back over okay i'm open to it (laughs) <laughs> they they temporarily got me back because like they had two albums back to back that were pretty solid not that long ago. Uh, Everything will be all right in the end and the White album are both really good. Okay, maybe I should give it a chance. Well, who who are some other artists that you will listen to no matter what they release, whether whether you're gonna listen to it a second time or not? Uh, I mean, Weezer, Weezer is one of them. I have listened to every Weezer album, knowing full well that I'm not going to like <laughs> most of them. And honestly, like, I listen to a lot of music. I'll listen to, like, like a Drake album or something just because I want to know what's out there. And sometimes I get turned on to pop records I really like, and sometimes I don't. But, like, like no, no Effects is one of them, I guess. Like, I don't really care that much about No Effects, but I listen to every new No Effects album. Hmm. Okay. I don't feel like I even have the, the time to, to even like attempt to just give everything a try. But I, I take it you just have music on a lot more than I do. Well, like I, I have a desk job where I can just put my earbuds in and and work and Spotify's right there. So I got that family plan, boy. All right, so we are here to, to talk about the decade, the 2010s, because we're about to enter 2020. We're actually recording this on New Year's Eve 2019. Yeah, we waited to the last possible day to make sure nothing snuck past us. I can't believe that we actually made this happen because uh, our, our holiday schedules have been a little little out of whack. Yeah. And I haven't been editing a horn pod. I haven't been recording a horn pod. I feel I feel like this absence of horn pod in my life. Well, here we are. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> so, we have both compiled top twenties of the 2010s, but we're gonna probably just be publishing that on our page, right? Uh, we could do that. Yeah. Also, I've updated my top twenty since the last time I sent it to you. That's fair. Partially because I think you were correct about some stuff that I was wrong about. Interesting. How about that? Yeah. So, going in backwards order, I guess. You want to start with yours? Starting going from 10 to 1? Yeah. How about that? All right. Number 10. Jimmy Cliff's Rebirth. Number 9. Western Standard Time. A big band tribute to the Scatolites. Number 8. Uziman with Showdown. Number seven, Hub City Stompers, Haters Dozen. Number six, Sonic Boom 6 and their album The F-Bomb. Number five, The Skints, Part and Parcel. Number four, Dan P and the Bricks, When We Were Fearless. Number three, the self-titled album from The Interrupters. Number two, Mad Caddy's Dirty Rice. And number one, the self-titled album by the Slackers. All right. Um, 
Should I do mine, or you want to talk about yours, or? Uh, go ahead and go ahead and do yours, and we'll see uh, see what we got that lines up nicely here. All right, so. So I guess I kind of want to preface this by just saying that, like, yeah, like, these these aren't in any, like, real particular order. I was just kind of going by, like, gut feeling of, like, what yeah what felt most impressive. What, you know, a lot of the 2010s were, like, the heart of when I was doing my ska show. And so these are the records that just kind of, like, popped in my attention, spiked a little emotional response in me, uh, just stood out a little bit more. And I don't, I really don't want to say that anybody's better than anybody else. I just I want to be real nice to everyone here. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> would you say that like when you when you're listening with like your radio show in mind you're looking for something a little bit different that will i don't know stand out in like a playlist or whatever yeah of course like you never want it to get stale you you, you know that the expectation is they know what they think a ska show is going to sound like and so if you can pull in something that's got just like like different uh approaches right you're gonna prove them wrong that, that they thought they knew you're also gonna like maybe win them over to like, come back and listen again because hey this is something like maybe a little bit better than i thought so yeah i'm always i'm always looking for that like extra edge and especially if you can if you can bring some emotion to your songwriting or some like even the instrumentals like if you can bring some power there then that's definitely an unexpected element for a ska show i think like if i can drop a victor Ruggiero song that i know is going to make somebody cry then I've won the whole game. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, so number 10, Carlos Dingo with Scott is Dangerous. Number nine is the Brooklyn Attractors. Uh, they're live in NYC record. Uh, I also chose Western Standard Time as my number eight, but I chose their volume two of um, what's called a big band tribute to the Scatolites. Uh, number seven is La Grande Miracoles, also sometimes called El Grande Miracoles, with This Is Surf Steady. Uh, Big D in the Kids Table is number six with Fluent and Stroll. Number five is Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra with Walkin'. Number four is the Fourth Rights album, The Fourth Rights. Number three is the Slackers record, The Slackers. Number two is the Skints part and parcel. And for number one, I chose Razi. Sorry, I always want to say Razika, but it is Razika with Program 91. All right. So there are a couple that we both put in our top 10. Yeah, a couple band overlaps and a couple straight up album overlaps. Do you think that there's anything unusual or like noteworthy in my list? Like, is there anything that stands out to you in my list? In, in the way that I think that my, my list might raise a couple eyebrows because there are some, some straight up not SKA records. Ooh. Um, but as far as, you know, you know me, I've got the, I've got the broad take. Um, I'm very accepting. So like <laughs> something like Uzumon being not only a novelty record, but also like a, a reggae record. Like I got no issue with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you do. It sounds like you mentioned it specifically. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying I can see where one would be critical, but I am not the one that's going to be critical. Like I'm the, I'm the guy that's, that's accepting of that. Right. It was hard for me to decide if my own limits of what ska was allowed me to list Uziman in the, in my list of ska records, and I decided that because of the people that worked on it, like Channel Tubes and like that group of musicians. Uh, 
like it's it's a bunch of ska people and i felt like that was justified ultimately yeah in the same way that like I've got the fourth rights and that's like a rock steady record right I, I think it's rock steady coming from the ska world and I also think that rock steady is ska so so I you know I got that coming and going <laughs> um, yeah as far as Uzimon man um, some of these tunes just had me busting some of them were they're just uh, just killer tracks in, in their own right you know it's such a it's such a um, an amazing record because it's hilarious but it's also incredibly good reggae yeah like they nail the sound of it pitch perfect uh, every aspect of it is just good music but if you like if you pay any attention to the lyrics it's hilarious yeah i used to play side piece all the time and would always get phone calls about it (laughs) (laughs) i mean i understand why people might not like it and the the heavy like patois and everything and it probably doesn't appeal to a lot of ska fans in general uh if they don't listen to reggae as well but if if you can get into it then it's so rewarding yeah it's about reggae even if the the lyrics aren't about reggae like the content of it the part of the joke is a joke on reggae while being while being totally faithful to reggae at the same time let me take you on a trip way out to the sticks and we can get our kicks at the motel six Speaking of that, right right next to your Uzumon pick is Hub City Stompers. And while they're not a novelty act by any means, um, they got a bit of, of a joke side, a bit of an insider joke <laughs> yes, side. Yes, they do. I mean, Hub City Stompers are, I mean, they're friends of mine, first of all. Like, I, I really adore the people in that band. Uh, but the attitude that they put into their music is probably the closest to how I feel but don't have the courage to say <laughs> about like ska music and and I mean like obviously like not all of their music is about the ska scene and whatever because uh, like they have political songs and feminist songs and like it a lot of it matters a lot of their songs like matter but a lot of them are like you said kind of joke songs and just shit talking songs and making fun of the ska world. Yeah, like they got um, the hipster rock steady bash tune where yeah, uh, you know they had previously like nailed ska dorks, but here they're saying, oh bring bring back those Hawaiian shirt dorks. I'd right. rather them over these hipster rock steady kids. And I'm like, ouch on both sides of that double edge. <laughs> yeah, like they they <laughs> they shit talk half the ska scene. And then they turned around and shit-talked the other half. Like, that is so yeah. funny to me. But the white boy got no soul. Put on ass like a big asshole. Don't tell me that I'm on a dick. Just tell me that I sound like a big, big, yeah. Hope that you're ready for my free 
yeah, I, I would not argue with anything on your top ten list. There are things that, uh, while I would say are great records, um, and definitely stuff that I played on the show, just wouldn't go go yeah. on this list. Like I know, I know you really love the Interrupters. I like really <laughs> appreciate the Interrupters, but they don't hit me on any kind of like emotional level. That's fine. I mean, like that Interrupters record, that first Interrupters record. Uh, I didn't have it as high on my list at first, and then when I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Like, I feel like this is a really valuable record. Not just because of, like, it's the return of Sky in the mainstream or whatever, but, like, it's that that first record is so catchy. And it bowled me over when I first heard it. I'm like, these are some serious hooks, and that's, like, 90% of what I care about in music these days. <laughs> I guess a big surprise is uh, uh, Mad Caddy's Dirty Rice. Um, definitely like a cool record that stood out. I am surprised to see it as your number two. What what pushes it all the way up there for you? Mad Caddies are one of those bands that like, I don't think about them that often, but I will listen to all of their records. Um, but this, there's something about this record where like this, this band keeps pushing farther and farther from where they started and they keep getting more interesting to me. And, like, this record is barely a ska record, as I'm sure you've heard. Like, there's a lot of songs that are just not even kind of ska. But, I mean, some of them are kind of, like, jangly and honky-tonky, and there's there's still kind of a, right. like a syncopated vibe going in a lot of the tunes. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds California, <laughs> if that means anything. But, yeah, there's I think that this is the best record they've put out, and each of like the last three records leading up to this were their best record until the next one came out so this is their peak because the next was a cover record then it stopped with the covers record which i hate but yeah <laughs> but dirty i don't know what it is about dirty rise i think it's the variety it's the only one that's ever like really stood out to me yeah i mean part of it is like the variety is is done really well like they they're not forcing a bunch of shit that doesn't work um, a song like Shoot Out the Lights, I think is the title of that song. Yeah, that's that's one. Yeah, I played that a bunch. That's on the a show. killer song, even though it's basically um, Parking Lot by Vic Ruggiero. Oh, shit. That explains why I love it. <laughs> yeah. Parking Lot's like my theme song. <laughs> <laughs> like, they melodically, they're almost they have very similar melodies, very similar chord progressions. They're very, very similar, and I don't know if it was intentional. I kind of feel like the Mad Caddies probably have never heard the Vic Ruggiero song. Oh, won't you shoot out the lights, shoot out the lights before dawn? Oh, won't you shoot out the lights, shoot out the lights before dawn? Well, um, uh, ask me some stuff about my top ten. Okay, well, first of all. Tell me about Razika, because they're the number one thing, and I, as I told you when you showed me your list initially, I've never even heard of them. And I have since listened to this album a couple of times, because I just wanted to try to get into your headspace a little for this, but tell me about what you heard when you heard them and, and what that record means to you.
I'd only been doing the show for a little while, and you know, soul reggae was kind of the 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 vibe going on in 2008-2010. And this girl group out of Norway, singing some in English, some in Norwegian, and doing kind of a dreamlike two-tone thing, just like stood out immediately. And then I find out that they're like playing Coachella or South by Southwest, some big festival, and uh, and they were they were getting a little bit of traction here in the U.S. with young people, and and in that same way that like we were kind of talking about how you know the Boston's accepting their ska roots versus no doubt like kind of trying to like shirk them. I look at these girls and like they they definitely had their own style and their own vibe. They weren't like trying to be like skinhead girls or trying to like pull off some retro look but like every now and then you you would see like a two-tone shirt on them or something like that like you you could tell that they weren't playing ska on accident and yeah and it, this this these all these songs on here especially the ones in norwegian uh, have this ability to just kind of like be dropped into a mix uh mixtape or or on the show or whatever and and just change the vibe or transition to something and just like maybe like set up a two-tone thing or like I don't know they just have this way where you don't even necessarily have to like listen to the whole record it's just got a lot of a lot of cool sounds individually It's not this record. Program 91 is my favorite one, but it's their next record that has my absolute favorite album cover. So these girls all grew up together. And so for their second record, they're showing, I think they're like fourth grade class picture. And they've scratched out everybody's face except their own. That's amazing. <laughs> and like, like that's a fucking pan picture right there. So like, yeah, there's something to be said about the, uh, a bunch of people that like, grew up together in the way that they can harmonize in a way that... That a, that a newer band can't and these girls they got it they they got it and i haven't heard from them in a little while and i i i would love to hear from them again yeah it's a very impressive record to me so Razzica, if you are listening reach out to us <laughs> yeah Razzica. give us a little station id when i <laughs> yeah that'd be great when i was listening to that record uh like it struck me as something like i had i don't think i'd ever heard anything quite like that before like dreamlike is kind of like a, a good description of it some of it in a weird way reminded me of uh like some of like the ska music that camper van beethoven played oh yeah okay which is like a weird comparison and like that's not really what they were known for but like they had some of that ska content it was a totally different vibe than i was expecting from like something that was labeled ska music because it doesn't yeah it feels outsider in a way yeah musically it's very clearly like influenced by ska but it doesn't it has a different vibe to it and it's it's really cool and i can see why that would work like throwing a song like from from this album into a radio show or whatever because it definitely does stick out while fitting in i guess Was there anything else on my top 10 that, that you hadn't heard before? Um, Le Grand Miércoles, I'm not familiar with. 
again, you want to throw something on that's going to blow some minds. I'm guessing by the name that it's a combination of surf and rock steady. Yeah, I mean, it's got kind of that Dick Dale thing. Um, and in that same way that like surf guitar can kind of almost become spaghetti western guitar. It's got a right. little bit of that. And then just like major Scott influence, just like mind blowing, mind melting shit on a on a Scott playlist for sure. Uh, one thing that stands out to me, like I'm really impressed that Fluent and Stroll is in your top ten. How come? That p- partly, I mean, it's definitely not a ska record. <laughs> Which I'm not mad about. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Uh, I'm just pointing okay. that out. All right, no, that's fair. And I, I really didn't like that album when it came out, but I have since come 180 degrees, and I think that that's a really good Big D album, and I'm surprised to see that on your list. Um, actually, that's the record that made me kind of come around on them. I was never, I was never a Big D follower. I didn't really, didn't really get the appeal. And then, then this record hit, and I went back and re-listened to all their stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, I have been sleeping on Big D. And so this was kind of me, yeah, waking up to them. And maybe, and maybe not everything they put out is fantastic, but they, they have such a high volume of, of output that, like, uh, I don't mind. I like, the, I like that they're trying. I like that they're trying all the things that they're trying. Right. I love the doped-up dollies. I really like his point of view in all the songs here. Uh, I, I, I love his, his easy way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like I said, I got, I'm impressed that that made your list because uh, I have a feeling it's not on a lot of people's lists, but I respect that it's on yours because it surprises me and I don't entirely disagree. <laughs> Is there anything you would um, disagree with being on my list? No, not really. Um, like it's you've got good taste. <laughs> Is that what you want to hear? Yes. I'm interested in, in in why we disagree on the Western Standard Time albums. Yeah, the Volume One isn't bad by any means. Oh, Volume Two is. I have nothing against it, but I think Volume One has the best track list. Like it's just the best. Scatolites hits. <laughs> but okay, so Western Standard Time um, and a few that we've already talked about kind of speak to what, what um, kind of my thoughts on the whole decade a little bit, and that is that there's a lot of really great experimentation going on in the 2010s, and I love that the, there are these big swinging projects like Le Grand Miracoles and, um, and Razica and, and Western Standard Time is 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 a weird idea they made a big band that plays big band scatolites music and part of me when this shit came out i was like who's this for (laughs) like i love it and it's great because i got a scott show and i need shit like this to come out right so that i can so that i can have that variety i was talking about but like if you're gonna make a big band tribute to the scatolites you're not selling this to a wide audience at all. This is this is Oh no, it's a very narrow This is niche within niche. And and so I guess what I'm saying there is is that I think I think the 2010s kind of show what the digital age has done. And are, are you familiar with the, the long tail theory? Uh, no. So 
a lot of a lot of content creators, and I guess you and I kind of fall into this. Great, we're, aren't looking for big hits anymore. They're looking to satisfy an audience that wants a particular thing. Okay. And and so instead of instead of chasing a a blockbuster, they want to hit big with with a with a smaller audience. In the same way that like Hallmark right now is just cranking out Christmas movies that they don't they don't even stand behind. It's just content. Right. And in that same way that like you know, I don't know, like a sexual fetish group will will now have access to all the content that that, that they want that is very specific to them. Uh, same goes for like a ska fan takes Santiago down, downbeat out in Chile or or uh, many loves out in Italy. That's just like these far away places that are making ska albums for the whole world. You know, the whole world of ska fans. And you know, we've talked about like. How does Jump Up stay in business, you know? <laughs> right. I imagine part of that is that probably one of his customers buys multiple albums every year. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel like, so on one hand, I'm just like, who who is all these like Sky experiments for? And they're for just the the few people like me, a few, the few people like you that just like love Sky and like really appreciate when you do something cool with it. But they're not trying to make an album that's going to hit right they're not trying to make a record that's gonna like break through to anybody or even be like played at starbucks or anything you know yeah i i it does seem right like the idea of very specific things being able to succeed because of the worldwide audience of the internet now that's why i'm always arguing against the fourth wave is because i don't think there's going to be any like pops and crashes it's just going to be ska fans buying just the amount of ska music that they buy yeah that makes sense and like there's not really like a mainstream culture anymore because of streaming and everything. And like nobody's watching the same movies or watching the same shows or listening to the same music. Right. So there's not even an ocean for there to be a wave in anymore. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever really thought about it like that. So I think you've just blown my mind. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> All right. I guess we can wrap up. Uh, we- <laughs> podcast is over thanks for all four five episodes you've listened to (laughs) we are done my mind is blown I don't know what are you. What are your thoughts on the on the decade? Uh, yeah, I kind of I agree with the same that same kind of thing. Even though I didn't have the right uh, perspective to put it into words, um, I think that there has been a lot of interesting uh, experiments and people finding their own ways to do different things with ska. Like even this year, I think Catbite is an example of like a, I've never heard a ska band that was that sounded like that before. Like, I, th- I think that they're an example of, like, I feel like for so long, for, like, decades, there has been just, like, a couple of different paths as a ska band, like, broad- broadly speaking. You could be, like, a sort of neo-traditional band, or you could be, like, a poppy band, or you could be a ska punk band, and, like, that was kind of it. You could do ska jazz, I guess, if that's different than neo-trad or whatever. But, like, I, f- I feel like the last few years, people have been doing stuff that's, like, definitely not in any of those lanes. Yeah, like the Pomps. And, uh, like, the Pomps, yeah, that was another band I was going to mention. I think that Catbite and the Pomps are, I guess, more similar to each other than to anything else in, like, the ska scene right now. 
And I think that's really cool uh, to see those kind of bands. And even like the Loving Poppers, who yes. had, a, had a much raved about album this year. Like they're playing reggae music. It's They're not reinventing the wheel. But their record doesn't sound like any reggae record I've ever heard. I mean, there's a times when I listen to it and I, I think for a second that I'm listening to Holly Cook. But uh, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say they're like copying her sound. Well, yeah, sure. I, I think that there's there's like a it, it sounds British to me. <laughs> like that record sound <laughs> sounds British, uh, even though they're from Washington D.C. or Baltimore or something over there. Uh, but yeah, like just the the space in it and the arrangements and the melodies. Like I don't know where their influences are coming from, but they're doing something totally different. And so there's kind of a new school kind of vibe in ska and reggae, you'd say. Uh, it's not necessarily trying to be of a past tradition, but yeah, I, I think I think that a lot of people are just kind of going their own way and knowing that ska people can find it. I don't I don't know if that's intentional, but like if what you said is true about the ska scene that you can do whatever you want and the ska fans will find it. Yeah. That might explain why bands are are being a little bit weirder now. And like even the Slackers record uh, that we both had in our top five is a really weird Slackers record. It's like they finally all dropped acid. Yeah, basically. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they finally slipped it in Dave's drink. <laughs> he was the last holdout right. and they finally broke him down. <laughs> yeah, which, which of the Slackers trips? Wow. Hit us up, Slackers. Smash that <laughs> the voice memo button, Slackers. Yeah, let's get them voice memos, sober or otherwise. So have we spoken our piece on the decade, you suppose? Uh, I also think that this decade has been the first decade, and that's partially because of, of streaming, I think. And we could probably do a whole separate episode about the effects of streaming on the ska scene. But I think with the access that everybody has now to any kind of ska music, people who are not nerds, who are not into the subculture, who are not even who are not jazz musicians or like traditionalists can hear all kinds of traditional sky music and then reproduce it poorly. And I don't think that was a problem too long ago because it used to be the case that if you were trying to sound like a Prince Buster record, uh, you were probably like a nerd and you cared deeply about how to do it. Now people can try to sound like Prince Buster and not know what they're doing. And I think it's the first time we've had like neo-traditional ska bands that are bad if you were trying to do uh, a trad ska sound before it, it came with a little uh know-how somehow like it you you had to give a shit now you don't have to give a shit <laughs> now anybody can just listen to hepcat and try to do it and then fuck it up because they don't give a shit all right so we're not going to name any names but there are some definite Neo-trad bands from this decade that are on blast and need to get their shit together. <laughs> you know who you are. I don't have to name you. You know who you are. You know who you are. Go ahead and hit that button for uh, voice memo. Tell us that you know who you are. <laughs> if you want to call yourself out, hit that voice memo button. 
Right. Or if you want to <laughs> plug your band and you feel like you're not one of the bands we're talking about, go ahead and do that anyway. Say, hey, we don't give a shit, but we still do it right. I want to hear the new <laughs> neo-trad bands that don't suck. Listener feedback is a segment where you, the listener, get the chance to speak your mind, offer corrections, and otherwise join the conversation. If you want to submit feedback to the show, reach out to the HornPod Facebook page, comment in the Horn Pub Facebook group, or go to anchor.fm slash hornpod and click on the voice message link. We've recently received feedback on a few topics. Pretty great read, I have to say. Yeah. So yeah, on the feedback tip, um, let's see. I mentioned him in the last episode, the guy that threw on the, um, the screening for the Pick It Up, it's gone in the 90s screening in my town, DJ Nuxy. He chimed in about our spouse episode, and he said that his wife isn't uh, too crazy into Scott either. In fact, I kind of got the impression that he's not to play it around her except under certain occasions. <laughs> but that Rocksteady is definitely like a common ground. It's definitely his way in nice. to, to playing some Jamaican around the house and such. I mean, Rocksteady is nice. It's just nice to listen to. I don't know anybody that doesn't like Rocksteady, to be honest. Right. I mean, you might not be a, a fan. You might not put it on. But, like, no one's going to ask you to turn it off. Yeah. Unless they're an asshole. Not <laughs> a few assholes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so also on the on the feedback side, several people have reached out to say that we made the right decision about adding God Bless Satan, which, of course, was what I fought for. Boo. And I, I don't think you disagree. You just didn't want that. You didn't want that album. You wanted a different album. Yeah, but I thought, I thought I'd get at least like some support from the listeners, but uh, everybody's pretty much in agreement with you, Matt. Well, it's the f- first time I've ever been... On the popular side of anything. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Didn't bully for you. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, uh, Tim Finnegan suggested that we do an episode digging into the history of Moon Records, which, to be honest, I don't know that much about, and I think that would be interesting to find out. And if somebody else thinks it would be interesting, maybe everybody would be interested if they're a Scott fan. Well, yeah, you had mentioned that maybe we should at some point... Um dig into via interviews and such um the history of stubborn records yeah and virgin city yeah so so maybe this is maybe this should be like um aspirational pod goals here that we maybe try to try to do a little documentary work try to gather up some some information and sound clips and such and uh try to tell the story of some of these record labels I think that would be cool. And I think it's well within our ability. Yeah, we just got to get got to get into these interviews. So we'll see. Yeah, we haven't done interviews yet, but I think it would be it would be fun to include well, I mean in general we want to include some people, so use that voice memo button. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's a great idea, Tim. And uh, maybe we'll do even more than Moon. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Um, another bit of feedback we got is uh, some more memeing going on. Uh, my friend Greg, he's done some uh, guest DJing on my radio show. He's he's uh, usually the guy I'm standing next to at a Scott show here in town. He's my buddy, and uh, he knows that I love uh, some Frasier. I know that he loves some WKRP in Cincinnati. He's done some radio sitcom horn pod memes that I that, that warm my heart. I don't know if anybody else appreciates them. I adore it. 
Yeah, so uh, keep memeing. If we still have a deal that if one of them goes viral, uh, am I getting a tattoo? Is that what the deal is? Uh, yeah, you've agreed to, uh, I believe, get the meme <laughs> tattooed on you if the meme goes viral. <laughs> yeah, so keep it up. I don't know if the Fraser one's going to take off, but I mean, maybe you just got to find the right combination. Uh, so keep memeing. And maybe I'll end up with your meme tattooed on me like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and then the last bit of feedback we have heard from several people all over the universe that we are their new favorite podcast. I mean, we've heard it more than a couple times. Yeah, not even just one person, probably more than two even. And that is so flattering. And I think it's, what did you say, the long tail? It's like that kind of thing. We, f- we found our people. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's, yeah, it goes back to that. We're, we're making something that people have been wanting. I, I'm really happy to hear that. That is very flattering. And we hope we keep making stuff you like. Do you hope we keep making stuff they like, JJ? Um, yeah, but I also, you know, we kind of we kind of started this knowing that we were going to piss some people off too. So true. I like we're, I like that we're both likable and controversial. Yeah, it's a good yeah. <laughs> it's a good pairing. We got to ride that line. Yeah, you got to. The Scott Cannon is a segment where we, two Scott aficionados, decide which albums will be accepted by all future Scott scholars as key to shaping the ongoing definition of Scott. Tonight on the Scott Cannon. The Slackers. Uh, with their self-titled, The Slackers. I, I feel like I've probably mentioned this by now, but The Slackers are my favorite band. Mine too. And honestly, I think this self-titled record is my favorite Slackers album. Oh, really? Like, of all time? I know that that's, that's very controversial. It's just surprising. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess nobody, it's not, nobody's going to be scandalized by it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not... It's yeah, tone po- it down, Matt. It's not a, it's not a popular opinion, I imagine. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't, it's definitely not the typical Slackers album. Uh, I mean, I personally, like when it came out, uh, I think I described it as, uh, the least Slackers record, but also like the most, it it feels like the record they were threatening to make for 20 years. Uh, like it, it feels like the, the most fulfilled version of what they sound like while at the same time not sounding like anything they've done before but I think this is my favorite album by my favorite band I mean I guess Vic's songs have always kind of uh, lyrically stood out to me and, and really hit home with me I've just always really identified with his lyrics a lot and I think I think I go I think it speaks to his universality in a way. I think they speak to a lot of people in that way. But a couple of tunes on this record are just straight up like heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> like Spin I'm In is like legitimately like emotional, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yes, that was that was one of the ones I was gonna mention too. Uh that's a heavy hitter. 
Things I can't forget. I mean, yeah, he's a poet, you know? And I know that he's not the, the sole lyricist. A lot of people in the band write lyrics. But yeah, those there are some heavy hitters on this one. And... Like, the spin I'm in is yeah. a fucking... It's a bubbly, like, rock steady song. Like, it's light and breezy. And it's just such, like, a... a depressing lyric paired with it um it reminds me a little of phil ox mm-hmm. and i know you you're into him a little oaks phil oaks oaks oh i'm sorry phil oaks um mm-hmm. uh what was the song where he's saying i can't do all these things when i'm dead so i better do it now yeah uh um, while i'm getting here, the lyric wrong. guess i'll have to do it while i'm here Yes. I think it's called When I'm Gone. I think it's called While I'm Here. I don't remember the title of that song. <laughs> yeah, I can't do this when I'm gone, but so I might yeah. as well do it while I'm here. And right. and yeah, it is it is this like, yeah, he's going through uh, a friend's death and he's like, um, I better do it now, you know? Time, you know, can go so slow. Sometimes it goes too fast. like musically though like they're they're going into like Bowie direction and Sergeant Pepper is a little bit a little Osmizantes yeah like there's they're just spaced out like prog music there's stuff that's backwards there's like vocals that are backwards there's songs that just cut into different parts out of nowhere uh it's like a real spaced out experimental kind of record, uh, which is kind of unusual for a band in the ska genre to make, uh, especially a band that's been around for so long with such uh, like a fairly consistent sound. Yeah, and 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 I mean, you you also get like some fair share of traditionalism too. Like you got tunes like the Boss, which is kind of like a skinhead reggae thing you definitely have some like straight up ska tunes oh yeah like some of it is is very much like their wheelhouse kind of stuff I, I know you mentioned like it's weird that they would call this their this would be their self-titled album and to me I think that actually makes a lot of sense because I think that like there's been elements of this at least since uh, like Wasted Days that album. Like they've they've always had like this this undercurrent of like a little bit different stuff. Like that's that's kind of the reason I don't like when people call them like a neo traditional band because they're definitely not. Right. They have a lot of different stuff going on in there, and the fact that they're not punk doesn't mean that they're traditional ska. There's like blues elements and folk elements and like uh hank williams stuff like there's a lot of americana roots music in their sound right no they're a very american band i always appreciate that they're never going for a jamaican impression right and i think that's what makes them stand out above so many even even hepcat to that degree yeah no i agree and it's all just it's all just kind of filtered into ska rhythms even though like that's not really 
like the rhythms are the only thing that's ska about them. Everything else is yeah, a bunch of different stuff. And this record, I think, is like the fulfillment of like the different stuff just kind of bubbling to the surface and taking over. It was like the inevitability. And I think it's the, the Slackers self-titled album because like that's kind of who they were this whole time. And it, it was only just now that it that it kind of took over. Oh, it's like the unveiling. Okay, so I definitely want to make clear before we agree that this is not like saying that this is going to be the only Slackers record going into the canon. Oh, it's I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be the only one. I mean, we're going to be putting some Slackers records in the canon. <laughs> They're going to be putting some numbers up on the board, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I think it is fair to say that the self-titled record by the Slackers from 2015 is going into the canon. Yeah, boy. Okay, so uh, the the next thing we wanted to do is uh, uh, hash it out over Western Standard Time. Yeah, let me pull up the track list so I know exactly what we're talking about. So, are there any vocal tracks on Volume 1? In the Mood for Scott, I think, is the only one with vocals. Okay, yeah. Who does that one? Honestly, don't remember. Okay. Well, there's all the evidence I need. Okay, uh, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, shit. (laughs) Uh, So, for our second uh, album, In Consideration... Uh, in my top 10, we had Western Standard Time, or a big band tribute to the Scatolites, Volume 2. And Matt chose Volume 1 in his. And. I did. Who is right? So, Volume 1 is. You gotta admit, like, this is the hurdle, right? You, to, to get this album together once is amazing, right? Like. Sure. So they took all the horn players from pretty much all of the ska bands that have ever been in the SoCal area and were like, hey, let's... And and there's like, there's jazz players and stuff in there Oh, too. sure. Okay. I didn't mean to, to short... Like, it's not, it's not, it's, they didn't just pull from the ska scene as well. Okay. But it did give a lot of these bands opportunities to kind of reunite in a way, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like a scene gathering event, just forming this huge band and making a record together. Yeah. Sort of like a, a community, like, let's just pull this off one time. But yeah, a, a pretty big undertaking. And not only did they record the record, but they recorded two. And like you were saying, they, they play out and uh, have done some amazing shows. I think a DVD might actually clean up because, the, like I say, the, the sound at these shows is amazing that they produce. I would, yeah, I would, I would buy that. <laughs> Tell you that right now. Yeah. Chase that long tail, Western. Yeah. Cash in. So I guess why I chose volume two is... um, For the vocals. I mean, I love instrumental music, but uh, it's got a Vic track on it. Yeah. It's got Angelo Moore. It's got... Greg and Alex from Hepcat. Yeah. But yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is a little vocal heavy for what is kind of supposed to be an instrumental project. 
Um, I'd say I'd say volume one is maybe a little bit more pure in that sense. And like you said, the the song selection is like these are the classics of Scott. These are Scott canon tunes, you know? Yeah. They they were making up an album of Scott Cannon songs before we decided we were going to be the judges. And how dare they? Uh, but like they were right. <laughs> The, the arrangement of like freedom sounds is just like the opening is so big like if I ever directed an epic like if I was gonna make Ben Hur or some shit the Ten Commandments like this is what I would open my movie with is Western Standard Time's arrangement of freedom sounds. It's a like a regal kind of fanfare. And I think that's why the Scatolites would always kick off their shows with it too. It is a call to arms kind of, call to worship kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, but like playing, playing it with 15, 20 horn players just puts it onto a different plane for me. Like more than anything, I think that that song really shows like what the value of this band is. But then, like, there's other, like, Latin Go Ska. I love that arrangement as well. Just, like, the different, like, they, they put a little bit of different stuff into the rhythms of it because they have all these horn players. Like, some of the arrangements are just so clever and so, they add so much to what's already a good song. There's, like, enormous harmonies that the Skydalites couldn't have pulled off if they wanted to, plus, like, counter melodies and, like, other rhythmic things that they can do because of the numbers and it i think that this really just shows like all of these classic songs could be done in a different way and still be the classic songs you know but have this enormous big band sound i didn't to to be fair this the volume two has the same thing going for it plus singers (laughs) well i guess that that's where i was going to go to is there's nothing that can be said about volume one that you can't say about volume two except you've got like just those guest star vocals that I think just push it a little bit further over. You know what? I, like, I, I, I can't fault you for that. Other than, the, I mean, the, the track listing, not as good. But but it does have, it, I do agree, like, the it would have been nice if the first album had some more vocals on it. Yeah. Well, okay, so I guess one, one maybe quick plea for Common Ground, if, if, if you'll have it. Okay. These are technically volumes one and two of, of a singular thing. Ooh. Should they both go in? Wanna go two for? Yeah, I mean is it bad? Are we are we just jerks for No, there's there's literally no reason for me to say no to one of the albums and I don't know if you have a reason to say no to the other. So <laughs> like they're both really good albums. We don't need to debate them. <laughs> they're not really going head to head here. We we like both of them. <laughs> yeah. All right, so into the canon today. We're including both Western Standard Time volumes one and two of a big band tribute to the Scatolites in the canon. In the canon. Uh, we need to get some Scatolites in the canon then, don't we? <laughs> uh, one of these days. <laughs> We've already moved past this. I just want to say it's really cool that Western Standard Time got uh, Angela Moore to sing Jamaica Ska. Right. I think that's that's such a nice little. I, I I don't even want to call it an Easter egg. Like everybody knows his connection to that by now, I'm sure, because Fishbone has played that song in a movie and all that. Sky, sky, sky. 
But I love that they, they pulled him out for that song in particular. And I love that he's always willing to do, well, I don't know about always, but he often guests on uh, Scott Records. I think it is a, a very generous move on his part. Um, oh, yeah, because he doesn't have to, and he's not even like, Scott isn't where his money is made at this point. Like, <laughs> Right. Uh, I will say, though, when I, I went to see them recently, and I was like, I don't even know what to expect. This could be a funk show. This could be a full-on metal show. And it was, by and large, a ska show. And I was like, wow. What like, show did you see them at? Were they were they headlining or yeah yeah oh uh, because the last time I last time I saw them they were opening for George Clinton ooh so I imagine they focused a little on the funk on that one huh believe it or not the set was like half ska fuck yes I love that they, they did not have they did not have to play half ska in that show at all and they did anyway <laughs> yes that makes me so happy <laughs> yes I was so excited to see that. Yeah, Angelo, he's got it in his heart. You can't, you can't deny it. He's, he's a, he's down with us forever. It Come seems, on. and I love that. Hey, hey, hey. We've included the Slackers' self-titled album from 2015, as well as volumes one and two of Western Standard Time's big band tribute to the Scatolites. Fantastic. Is our business here done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one foot out the door already. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, this concludes another episode of Horn Pot. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love it if you tell your friends. Tell your enemies, too. Tell everybody. Uh, Share this episode on social media. Rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. And come back next time for another episode of Horn Pot. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, That's all. See you next time. Bye. All right.